Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And I'm going to jump right in today. Not a lot of housekeeping stuff to do before this episode, and I want to get right to it. Because you know what? You guys are all so busy. Everybody is so busy. In fact, I actually think that we're hiding behind busy. I think that busy has become a faux badge of honor in our society, and I think people think that if they can prove they're busier than other people, at least to themselves, they can maybe justify somehow they're doing a little better than everybody else. Think about it this way. You walk down the street, you run into an old friend you haven't seen in a long time, and you're like, Bob, how are you? What are the first things out of his mouth? Usually, it's, oh my God, I am so busy. And then he proceeds to go through and read off all of his calendar entries, letting you know just how many things he puts into a single day. And then, when it's your turn to answer the question, and he says, how are things with you? you kind of do the same thing. You jump right in and say, oh yeah, I'm so busy too. And you rattle off all the things that you cram into a 24-hour period. And I actually think that that's not bringing us closer together. We're making this a competition of who's busier. I think it actually pushes us apart. So one of the things I've taken to doing when somebody says, hey Tom, how are things going? I've taken to answering by saying, gosh, I'm so fortunate. Now, then I might go through and list off some things that I'm fortunate to be doing, and and you could argue, well, you're still reading off things on your calendar. However, I think that when you do that, it actually gets people to lean in and want to find out a little more. So today's expert, today's guest is an expert on this whole world of busy. So Eliz Green actually comes from a family of entrepreneurs, and you might recognize the name because she was on this show, I don't know, about six months ago, because she's my partner for a program we call The Conference Talk Show. And on that earlier episode, we talked all about how she and I together host the online broadcast that so many associations are starting to do with their annual meetings, because not everybody can make it to the meeting, and this way they can stream some of the best speakers, some of the best learning, and what we do is we make it more exciting for the people at home, and Eliz and I talked about that on an earlier episode, but today we're going to talk about what she does on a daily basis, helping so many association and corporate clients attack this whole thing about busyness. So as I said, she comes from a family of entrepreneurs. In fact, her first job was actually working for each of her parents. Both of her parents ran separate small businesses. And after she went to college, she spent a little bit of time working in the insurance business and the nonprofit arena. But then she started her own business, bringing dance instruction and lessons right to the schools, which made it a lot easier for parents rather than having to shuttle the kids all around. However, in 2000, her whole life changed. While she was seven months pregnant with twins, she suffered a massive heart attack. Now, she and the babies came through it just fine, and today they're 15 years old and they're thriving, but this turned Eliz's life down an entirely different path. For now, more than a decade, she has been on a mission to inspire busy people to pay attention to their heart health and manage their stress. Discovering that there is just not enough data out there about job stress and how men and women react to stress differently, she has embarked on a multi-phase study, and the early results are fascinating. And she's already out there on the speaking circuit talking to everybody about this whole world of busy. 
And I wanted her to come on the show because I think this is really important because I think a lot of solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and business leaders, I think we all get caught up in this world of busy. So Eliz Green, welcome to the show. It is always a good day when I get to talk to you, Tom. Yes, well, same to you. Same with you. <laughs> so, Eliz, let's kind of start off. Why don't you tell people about what your business is? What do you do when you're serving clients? What, what, what is Eliz Green's business? Well, it, as you said, for more than a decade, my business has really been about heart health and stress management education, and that has taken me all over the place, and while... In that form, I've worked predominantly with women. What I would hear after I was done, the conversations that I would have with clients is how do you take this stuff and bring it both home but also into the workplace so that people are healthier, they feel better, they're less stressed and more productive because what happens when we're very, very stressed is that our brains kind of shut down. We can't be productive. We can't be creative. And that takes a toll not only on our bodies, but on the bottom line. But don't you think that some people use stress as sort of that badge of honor? Oh, my gosh, I'm so stressed. Sure. And let's not forget that there are, there are different kinds of stress. There are, certainly is that good kind of stress that motivates us. And I think we've all had the experience of particularly working together with people in a situation where you're really busy and you're working towards a goal. And even though the work is challenging, it's fun. And you feel motivated because you you believe in what you're doing. You know that you're making a difference, whatever. It's fun to work with these people all pulling in the same direction. And that's good stress. It also ebbs and flows, which is part of the danger of what we end up doing is stress is necessarily in and of itself a bad thing. Your stress level goes up and then it comes back down. The problem is when we live all the time at that high stress kind of crisis mode, which a lot of us are in, and that's created a lot of times by that busyness, but not having the chance to allow that stress level to come back down. So what are you finding as you've in, you know, started on this survey and you're gathering all this information? What are some of the surprising mm-hmm. things you're finding about busy? So we've put together just this very simple 10-question survey and sending it out to people all over the place and really looking across different industries and big employers, entrepreneurs, What does stress look like in the workplace? And some of those questions are open-ended, and that's what is the most fascinating. So asking what are the top job stresses, we sort of anticipated that the, especially for women, the work-life balance piece would be high up. And the initial results are really interesting that it doesn't seem to be that is the case. It's more the pace of uh, that which people have to work or the amount of work that needs to be done in the time allowed. So really all of these things that describe the busyness. And then when you sort of dive down into those comments, a lot of 
people are saying there are things that employers could could change that would take some of the busyness away. And remarkably, paperwork tends to be uh, a common theme. Having to do paperwork unrelated to their main job that takes time and then takes time away from what they really need to be doing. Well, but how do we do away with paperwork? I mean, isn't there a reason we have paperwork? Sometimes yes. Sometimes no. Sometimes that's just something that's left over from the way things always have been done. Ah. And until you take a look and say, wow, people are saying paperwork is an issue. An employer can look at that and say, well, maybe we need to change. Is there a way to streamline this? Does, is that even necessary anymore? And if you can take things off the back of the employee and make more room for letting that stress level to come down, then you're going to increase pr- productivity, and in turn, also the employers have the op- or the employees have the opportunity to feel better, be more healthy. Um, so sometimes the answer is. A relatively easy adjustment an employer could make. Not all of those things that show up on the survey are easy, however. What are some of the more difficult things that show up on the survey? A lot of what we're seeing is difficulties interpersonally, whether that's a negative uh, coworker, uh, kind of the gossipy groups uh, at the workplace problems between supervisors and employees, those are a little more difficult, still possible to manage and fix, but a little more difficult rather than just saying, oh, do we actually need this paperwork or how could we streamline it? You know, interpersonal stuff is a, is a little more difficult. And then there are things that just can't be changed. Um, I was uh, talking with someone who works at a construction company and by nature, their business is a very high-stress environment. They need to turn around their proposals very, very quickly. It, uh, there are a lot of technical pieces that all have to go into that proposal, and the time period is really tight. So it's stressful. However, the employers have really l- recognized that that was the case, and part of making employees feel better and be more productive is just recognizing that yes this is stressful and and allowing people to recognize that that's the truth and then doing things to feed resources back into that system so for example this construction company has uh yoga classes and chair massages and things to help control and manage the stress level that they know is high. Hmm. So as you go in and, and speak at conferences about this, what's the reaction that you're getting from audiences? I mean, are people like, yeah, 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 same old thing. I'm stressed. I'm busy. Or is it like, oh, my God, she's singing my song? Well, you know, what's funny. As a heart health educator, I never really got, you know, nobody's really excited to talk about heart health. <laughs> yay, yay, the heart yeah, attack lady's coming. This is yeah. the lady who flatlined. Yay. Yay. No, nobody wants to talk about that. However, 
when I'm greeting people as they come in uh, to the room or, you know, talking out in the hallway and somebody will say, oh, what are you talk- talking about? And I say, we're going to talk about stress. <laughs> Everybody sort of has this universal sigh like, oh, yeah, yeah, we need to talk about that. <laughs> so it's something people are very interested in having more information about. And I think part of what people really respond to is I really believe we've been fed this line about work-life balance that is damaging in a lot of ways. It creates this expectation that somehow if we could figure out exactly how to balance these two things, everything would be great, which is is just not true. It sets us up to be disappointed and frustrated and doesn't recognize that all of the things in our life exist together in an environment. And it's figuring out what's drawing our resources out of the environment and how can we add in resources to sort of keep everything in in, an equilibrium that's what works. It's not trying to balance two things on a teeter-totter. Well, and I've thought for a long time that it's a total misnomer, this whole idea of work-life balance. If you're a solopreneur, I mean, you, you can't, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, what, what, what are you going to do? I mean, my, my advice is, is make sure your spouse is on board with what you're doing because it's going to be a crazy ride and there's no, there's no other way around it. I mean, I try to include my kids in my business so at least they understand you know, what I'm doing and why I travel so that, you know, they may not always like it, but at least they have, you know, sort of a basic understanding. And I heard someone say once that, you know, work-life balance isn't what you want as, as, a, as a business person, because if you think about somebody who's in perfect balance, and close your eyes for a second. Well, if you're listening to this podcast and driving, please yeah, do, do, do not close your eyes. But if you're, if you're sitting at home or, or you're out for a walk, close your eyes for a second and imagine someone who is in balance. They're standing on a board on top of a big round ball. The person who's in balance isn't moving. The person who is in balance is stuck in a perfect standstill position. So I think the whole idea that we want work-life balance, I don't think we want our work or our life to not be moving. I think we, we, we can't be trying to balance it. I think in turn, we have to get them working together in some way because there's always going to be something that's pulling you one direction. And if the two can, can be intertwined, then they're not working against each other. Right. And I was talking to a solopreneur recently, and he was saying that you know, he sort of envisions that schoolyard teeter-totter. And he feels like sometimes you know, the offensive linebacker gets on the other end of the teeter-totter and he just wants to know how to get him off. <laughs> That's and, right. He's, he's, a, he's a big guy on the other end. Right. Uh, and my comment was, sometimes you can't. Well, that's there, just when you get like six or seven kids to come sit on the one side, right? Well, but there are times in our lives where there's just a linebacker on the other end. And we can't get, a, get him off. Um, and whether that's an illness or... You know, sometimes it's dealing with a death in the family or an unforeseen financial crisis or a relationship that's falling apart. Whatever it is, there's this linebacker and you can't get him off the other end. You just have to deal with it. And in a, in a balance idea, that means that you're never going to be able to deal with that because it's always going to be weighed down. But that's not how it works. 
It's that you just have to figure out what resources can I pour into the system, whether that's making sure that you have enough support around you or letting go of things that are not as important anymore because you're dealing with this situation, making sure that you take care of your, te- your health. All of those things can make the system work. But if you just look at it and say, oh, well, I've got this thing weighing me down. There's nothing I can do about it. So There's always something you can do. Eliz, I started off by talking about the fact that, you know, I have this sort of impression that we use busy as sort of this badge of honor. How do you sure. feel about that? I think it's very true. And I think it's a trap in many ways because we as a society reward busy. It's like, what are you doing? Everybody wants to know what you're doing, 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 doing. And there's all this focus on how many things are on your calendar, as you said, how many things are on your kid's calendar, and not enough focus on what are we experiencing? How are we being as opposed to doing? And my dad had a phrase, which I always loved, and he said he worked to vacation that he had this this perspective is that the time at work was to pay for the stuff he wanted to do. And he, I mean, he took every single hour of vacation time he possibly could. And that's the problem. One of the problems with busy is as Americans, we have days and days and days of vacation time that isn't taken. Do you think that it's gotten worse since the advent of the cell phone? Mm, That's a good question. I think in many ways, even when we vacation, we're not away. Because we're constantly available. Unless we, you know, do the unheard of thing, which would be to actually shut off your phone. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my God. Some of some of my (laughs) listeners just like could stop breathing. (laughs) Well, especially as entrepreneurs. Right. We are constantly worried about missing the email, missing the call, missing the business. Where uh, some of the best vacations I've ever had have been going places where um, there's just no service. Well, and, when I was in when I was in Italy with my family several years ago, the only you know service I could get was Wi-Fi in the morning at the cafe at the hotel, and so I would get up before everybody, and I would go answer all my emails for about an hour, and then the rest of the day I didn't have any access, and that was a great way to vacation because I kept mm-hmm. up on things, and yet. Nowadays, we have smartphones. This was before, you know, this was more than six or seven years ago. Now we have smartphones, and for a small fee, we can turn on data while we're in Europe, and right. you can just be doing email and checking Facebook and everything all day long. But but I remember that vacation was like 18 days long, and I kept up on everything at work, but I just checked it in the morning and, and maybe at night. I don't remember, but it was like just for a little bit. I just went through, answered what needed to be done, deleted all the spam, and moved on, and, and there was no other choice. But now when I travel – you know, I'm looking at my phone, I'm checking what's going on. So it is much harder, I think. I mean, I think the smartphone's a great tool, but I think that it's it's allowed us to get stuck in the loop of busy. I think it has. I, I remember the vacation where I dropped my phone. 
Okay, so so it might have been a bar. <laughs> no. No, it might have been raised up a uh, little balcony, fumbled my phone right off the uh, balcony. It fell two stories onto concrete and broke. And that was at the beginning of a 10-day trip, so without my phone. And I had the vacation responder on, so I had already said I was going to have limited access. And you know what? There was nothing that couldn't wait 10 days. So the, the, the underlying advice here is if you're married to someone who's always constantly busy and checking in, when you go away on a vacation, <laughs> break their phone on the first day. Is that, is that what you're saying? Uh, no, because there's some people where that would not be a good situation <laughs> if we stuck with them for 10 days. But uh, in a, another conversation recently, we were sort of joking about what if you, you know, we all have those vacation responder emails, the automatic, I'm, you know, I'm on vacation, I'm, I have limited access, whatever. What if it said, I'll be back on this date and I'll be buried in email? If your email's very important, send it again <laughs> on that day. Right. Because then you'll be at the top of the list. Hmm. Interesting. So, you know, I, I, I definitely think, though, that a lot of the busy that we create is somewhat fabricated, right? Because we have oh, yeah. so many things. I mean, yeah, if, the, if you have a, a RFP that's due, that's stressful and it's technical and it's got to be in and it's got to be right and your company needs right. a business. And, you know, the kids have to get to soccer practice or in your case, harp and cello practice. And, <laughs> you know, they have to get involved in all these things. But, you know, sometimes when I talk to people, you know, they're rattling off all the things that makes their life so busy. And it's like, it's almost like you expect them to say, you know, and Game of Thrones isn't going to watch itself. Well, in you're absolutely right. And you've you've seen this in action. Uh, putting everything you pay attention to out, and I'm a big fan of the posty notes. I'm a little addicted to to sticky notes, but I, on a pretty regular basis, will put all of the things that I'm paying attention to out on the desk or the table, and really decide which ones are important. Well, you recently and unvolunteered from all of the everything. things that you were kind of overextended and creating a lot of, of busy work through things at, at your kid's school and in the community and right. in the associations that you belong to. You sort of had a reputation of always saying yes, which right. put you on a ton of committees. And, and recently you, you walked away. What was that like? Um, well, in, in full disclosure, Tom and I are in a mastermind group together, and I think you guys have talked about that on the podcast before. And uh, it, uh, I remember the moment where I thought I was being very, very good about laying out all the things that I was paying attention to, and now here are the priorities, and I'm only going to pay attention to this, and I'm going to take these three things off my plate, and aren't I doing well and another member of our group turned to me and said, well, that's great. How about these other nine things you shouldn't be doing either? <laughs> and it sort of took my breath away at, at that moment. But it was absolutely right that if I was serious about paying attention to the things that were actually important, I needed to say things say no to the things that aren't. And one of my favorite sayings is, 
trying to turn that yes and no upside down is that when you say no to something, you're actually saying emphatically yes to the things that are important. And I think so many people get caught up because they they volunteer to serve on a committee or they take on a project for whatever reason that that isn't filling their their business needs or their family right. needs or their soul. I mean, you got to have some things that feed your soul. So if you, you know, if you play tennis or you go for a long run, it doesn't mean you should say no to that necessarily. But Absolutely. I think I think sometimes people get too many things on their plate and somehow they think, oh, look at me. I'm chairing the, the fundraising committee and I'm on the, the, the committee for my association and, and this and that. And that creates the sheer panic and the sheer stress that they go through every day. And I think a lot of people who listen to the show probably can relate to that. So what advice do you have for somebody who, who heard that you, you just let go of like 10 things that weren't taking you closer to your goals what advice do you have to people who just feel they've created this over busy and maybe they have to let go of some things? And I think it's a slippery slope, right? Because we're flattered by people asking us to participate in those sort of things. When people think we're smart and creative and responsible and all of these things and say, hey, you'd be great doing this. Well, yeah, maybe. But if it's not leading you in the direction that you wanted to go, then it's just pulling your resources out of the system without feeding back in. Now, sometimes, as you mentioned, playing tennis or whatever it is, it could actually be feeding resources in. If you're really enjoying it, if it takes you away from the the stress of getting the job done or perhaps a more stressful situation at home, then maybe participating in a, a community Uh, group or volunteering at church or singing in the choir or whatever, that's a really good idea because it brings that, that pleasure and joy. And when I talk about that stress environment, there are three big components to it. And one is vocation, which is really, you know, your job, how you pay the bills. Then there's another piece that's your avocation, which is really what brings you pleasure, what's fun. And then there's a third piece that's your devotion. What brings purpose to your life? Now, the most beautiful pie in the sky, probably never going to happen, is that all three of those things would be perfectly aligned. And wouldn't that be great? (laughs) (laughs) Your job brings you a lot of pleasure and it gives you, you know, significant purpose in life. Awesome. <laughs> no, and, and I feel that way a lot of the time. I mean, I do feel that all those things line up for me, and, and that's why I know I'm doing what I should be doing. Right. Doesn't mean it's not without stress. No, no, that's but true. But when those things kind of overlap on a line, that's really good. Well, one, thing, one thing I want to add in here, though, is that you know I, I think it's smart to say no to certain things and to let go of things that aren't, aren't driving you farther. But I, what I see sometimes is there'll be a speaker or somebody who will tell people, you know, you need to protect your time, especially when we're talking about networking. And they'll say, you know, all these people call and they want to pick your brain. Just say no to all of that. And what happens is people take it to an extreme. And they start saying no to everything and they never go to coffee and they never attend a conference and they don't, you know, do anything at their kid's school because they think, oh, I got this advice that I'll be less stressed if I say no to everything. And then they have the opposite problem. They've undermined all the opportunities because all opportunities in life are going to come from people. So there has to be some sort of a balance where you are participating in some things. I think you just have to really choose carefully. Right. And we shouldn't overlook the importance of affiliation. 
that genuine connection with other people. And whether that's within your social life or your family life or your work life, having that affiliation really makes things work well. It's pleasurable. It gives purpose. It, it, it drives business to have the right kind of affiliation. Well, and that's why I think our mastermind group works so well is that, you know, everybody's become friends, but at the same time, we know so much about each other's businesses that we can look at something that someone's doing and say, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> right. Stop, no, stop don't that. Do that. Don't do that. Or, or then, you know, if you do say, no, don't do that, and the person decides to do it anyway, you have to do it really <laughs> big in order to make it. Okay, so we're laughing as she says that. Little, little thing, when I announced two years ago that I was going to start Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do and I was going to do this podcast, my mastermind group said, no, that's going to distract you. It's not going to be helpful to your business. Don't right. do it. And I didn't now believe Now you're like the top yeah, entrepreneur. Inc, top Inc, Inc just named it one of the top 25 uh, entrepreneur podcasts or something like that. So uh, I did decide that when I was going to go do it without their sort of blessing, that I was going to have to run out of the gate and, and do a great show. So we laugh about that because it is proof that affiliation is great and having people who support you and can guide you is great. They're not always right. Right. Well, you guys told me not to do the research. Yeah. <laughs> and, and here we are. With a, right. whole new, a whole new career path as an expert on busy. But I would not have done it at the level that I'm doing it had you not pushed back on it. Right, right. That's exactly that, right. You know, it's a, it will create a unique group of data. And then doing the next phases, which are really looking at why is one organization showing a lower level of overall stress from the employees than another and what's different there and what can we take from that you know, company doing it right and bring it to the other company and see if that makes a difference. So I've got a couple more things to ask you before I let you go. We're, we're about to start running long, but I can't let you go just yet. But first, okay. I've got to thank the sponsor. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Eliz Green. For an exclusive offer to the people who listen to cool things entrepreneurs do, just go visit podfly.net slash cool things and check out what they have. And I got to tell you, I love working with podfly.net. So, Eliz, what piece of advice do you have for somebody who's listening who definitely feels that they've gotten into this loop of busy and they have too much stress? What's a quick piece of advice that you can give them? I'm a big fan of writing things down. And if you can, in whatever manner makes sense to you, write down all of the things that you're paying attention to that are causing you stress, that are making you busy, and then really take a look and maybe ask other people to take a look with you and say, you know, what are the three to five things that are essential, that are actually important in this multitude of things that I'm paying attention to? And what are the things that I can take away? Hmm. And then take them away. <laughs> That's always the key part. Is you, you can write <laughs> it down all day, but you must take them with you and put them into action. Right. 
So as you make this, I mean, it's not a a transition because you're certainly not leaving behind all of your expertise in heart health. However, as you make this this jump into creating a whole new program that you're taking out to the association and corporate convention and conference world, what's kind of been the coolest thing as you you sort of revamp sort of a a new way of of your topics? The speed at which people feel a difference. Going and making some of these changes will make an immediate difference. Heart health, you know, it's going to take a little time before you start seeing changes, before you start feeling different. This actually starts feeling different right away. And I would imagine that the actual meeting organizers who hire you, not only do they love it because you're a great speaker, but I think they must love listening to your program because I think some of the busiest people are meeting organizers. They have so many balls in the air that they must, you know, not only love that you're delivering a great program for their audience, but I would imagine that the the meeting organizers run up to you and give you a big hug because (laughs) they probably are a perfect example of people who are extremely busy, have a lot of things on their plate, and feel that stress. Absolutely. And it's nice that we can, using the same tool to to gather data, look at the specifics of that group and really address the things in the room that are, that are causing stress. So, you know, in that sort of customization piece that everybody's always talking about, it's really easy to do that. So if someone's listening to this and, and they have an event coming up and they're looking for a speaker, they're an association or they're a corporation, and they know that this, this whole crazy busy world that, you know, you're, you're describing and that you're helping people deal with, totally is their audience. How in the world can somebody find you to find out more information about your programs? Well, they could visit my website, which is Eliz Green, and it's E-L-I-Z-G-R-E-E-N-E. Yes, lots of extra E's. Lots of E's in your name. That's right. ElizGreen.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing with everybody on, on the show, you know, sort of your thoughts on, on busy and about stress, because I think that it really is something that most people who listen to this show deal with on a daily basis. I think we all do. Absolutely. So and thank you to everybody who listened. I think this is going to go down as one of those great episodes where people are always talking about it years later. Who Who is that lady who was the stress and busy expert? Because I get that. People will say, who was that sales expert person? But I think this is one of the ones because I think people are sitting in their car or running on the treadmill nodding going, yep, she's got my number. <laughs> So thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Eliz Green. But before you go, I have two favors to ask. Number one, jump over to iTunes and review the show. If you listen all the way to this point, you must like what we do. And it really, really helps when you leave a review on iTunes. It's how new people find the show. It's how the show gets ranked. And it just makes me feel better when every now and then I get a new review. So jump over to iTunes and do that. The second thing, if you'd like to join the Cool Things Project, which is the group coaching program, sort of online mastermind group that we've put together with the listeners on this show, go over to Tom Singer, T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. Go to the About button. You'll find a thing that says Group Coaching Program and all the information of, of what it costs and what's involved and what we're doing. We have a small but mighty group, and I think some of you would enjoy participating. So go check that out. But we're wrapping up this episode. So we'll see you in a couple days. Go on out there and have a great day. 
Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at @TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.